0: The Lord be with you
1: and with your spirit.
0: A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke.
1: Glory to you, o Lord.
0: When the days of Jesus' being taken up were fulfilled, he resolutely determined to journey to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead of him. On the way, they entered a Samaritan village to prepare for his reception there. But they would not welcome him because the destination of his journey was Jerusalem. When the disciples, James and John, saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to consume them? Jesus turned and rebuked them, and they journeyed to another village. As they were proceeding on their journey, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus answered him, Foxes have dens, and birds of the sky have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to rest his head. And to another he said, Follow me. But he replied, Lord, let me go first and bury my father. But he answered him, Let the dead bury their dead. But you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me say farewell to my family at home. To him, Jesus said, No one who sets a hand to the plow and looks to what was left behind is fit for the kingdom of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning. everybody. Just a word of thanks to all of you who, who attended. I remember uh, last Tuesday we had a, a little going away mass and, and party and so uh, it was beautiful. The church was packed and so it, it's always hard you know, when you plan something like that. You feel like you're a 10-year-old kid you know throwing a, a party like mom will anybody show up? Uh, I don't know and so it was beautiful. This whole church was packed. And then uh, the whole hall was packed too. So again, thank you for all those who came and, and for those who didn't come as well. I know it was the middle of the week, so and a lot of different things were, were happening. So again, thank you for all the hard work that everybody put, the, that put into it, the volunteers, the people who donated food, wine, clean up, I mean, you name it. So it was a beautiful evening, if I, if I may say so myself. It was, it was a great way to, uh, you know, to start saying goodbye. Because as you know, this is my last mass with you. And so it's always, it was always, it's always hard when you have your last mass with, with your people that you love so much. Do you remember over six years ago when I first arrived? I began with a joke. It's the same joke I use wherever I go, by the way. And this joke always kills. No matter where I go, the same bad joke always kills. Because whenever I arrive to a community, of course, they, they, they hear my name. Your new priest, your new pastor is Father Brian Sullivan. And immediately everybody thinks, ah, another Irishman we're getting. <laughs> and so because our, our diocese has a proud history of Irish priests serving us. And so many people hear my name. I go, ah. And so whenever I go, I go to a new community, I, I first walk into the doors vested, and I first homily, and I begin. I greet myself, and I introduce myself, hello, my name is Father Brian Sullivan. And I, and I milk my last name, Sullivan. And everyone's looking. And I say, in case you were wondering, I am not Irish. <laughs> oh, that joke always kills. Always kills, because it's hilarious. I know what they're wondering. They're thinking, they hear my name, but then they see my face, and they're trying to to make sense of the two, right? And so I began that joke six years ago with you. And I'll say the same joke when I move down to Vacaville, too. And I guarantee you, it will kill. It will kill. (laughs) But after that joke, do you remember also what I said to you next? I said, I love being Catholic. I absolutely love our Catholic faith. And I don't just say that because I'm speaking to a Catholic crowd and I'm trying to butter you up. No, I genuinely, from the depths of my heart, the more I study the faith, the more I know it, the more I live it out, I see the beauty of a two thousand year old gift to us from Jesus Christ, for all of the church's scars and human failings, all of the church is radiant. The church is beautiful. Our Catholic faith is utter pure gift. And oh, six years later, I am more in love with this beautiful church of ours. Why? Saint Paul has the answer today in Second Reading. Look what St. Paul says. Brothers and sisters, for freedom Christ sets us free. So stand firm and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. You were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. And do not use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. Oh, I can hear St. Paul saying, what is he saying? He's saying, my Catholic faith, now this is Paul, is freedom. I'm no longer a slave anymore to the whims of the world. I'm no longer a slave to my own sinfulness. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm no longer a slave to what people think of me anymore. I am a son of God, freedom and oh, the beauty, and the freedom of Paul, of every Christian. Ah, but the next question now follows: What is freedom? Before every single one of us, there are two paths of life we can choose, two paths of one way to live. And every single one of us has the ability to choose. And this decision to choose which path to take is before every single one of us every single day with every decision we make. There's one definition of freedom which many happily choose. It's the popular version of freedom. It is a freedom to do whatever the heck I want. It is a freedom whose gravity is my own ego. That I choose what I want to choose, no matter what. I choose, irrespective of some objective order, I choose whatever I want to do aside from what the church says, I choose no matter what. It is a free. we call this radical freedom. It is a freedom, again, which is very popular today and very wide and many, many, live this version of freedom. In fact, this definition of freedom is the vast majority of freedom which is operative now. There is no truth. There's only my truth and your truth. And we do whatever we want just to leave me alone. That's one version of freedom. Jesus offers a different freedom. That is not the biblical freedom, by the way, which I just laid out. Biblical scriptural freedom is to use my will and to choose the objective good. That there is an objective reality outside of myself which I must discover with my mind. I must rationally understand it I must penetrate it, I must grow in knowledge of it, and I must choose the good. And this good is not defined by what I want, or what I feel, or whatever the vast majority of what the world votes for. What true biblical freedom is, is to align my will to God's will. That is what St. Paul is speaking about here. To conform my life and to submit to God. Do you see how utterly, if I'm living in the first definition of freedom, why I hate the Christian, the Christian version of freedom? Because what is Christianity? As we all know, Christianity is full of commandments. The church is full of laws and rules. I can't do whatever I want. And so if I'm operating the first definition of freedom, then of course I see the church as an obstacle. Something to be opposed and defeated and outright rejected. Ah, but if the Christian now is operating the second version of freedom... In the words of Jesus, I then now must die to myself and walk, as our Lord himself says in Matthew, the narrow way. You see, the Christian version of freedom will always be more demanding and harder than the first definition Because now I must submit and my life is no longer about what I want. In the gospel today, there's there's an interesting line in the first sentence. It says, when the days of Jesus being taken up were fulfilled, he resolutely determined to journey to Jerusalem. Look at that word. Jesus, resolutely determined to journey to Jerusalem. Why? (laughs) We know the story. What's what's waiting for him in Jerusalem? We We all know the story. What's waiting for him in Jerusalem? And he knows full well what's about to happen. When he arrives in Jerusalem, he's going to be falsely accused. He's going to be beaten Betrayed by the people he loves the most, he will be tortured in the most excruciating way that humanity has ever devised. And he will be killed. All of that is waiting for him in Jerusalem. And he says, I am resolutely determined to go there. Jesus, why? Go to Honolulu. There's beautiful beaches in Holland. You ever been there, Jesus? Beautiful blue beaches, white sand beaches. Go to Paris, Jesus. The French are amazing cooks. Delicious wine and baguettes. <laughs> Jesus, why are you going to Jerusalem? Because... It is the Father's will. It is the Father's desire. Do you remember when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane? And he knew it was the night before he was arrested. He prayed. Do you remember that beautiful prayer? He says, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. You hear hear the heartache of his human heart saying, Lord, I don't want to do this. This is going to be painful. This, This path is too hard. But then he ends that beautiful prayer. He says, Father, let not my will be done, but yours. That's the path of the Christian living in his fullness. I do not want to go to Vacaville. I do not want to go. But my life is not about me. When I laid flat down on the marble floor in the cathedral and I was ordained a Priest, I promised obedience. And I said to the bishop, Bishop, my life is not about me anymore. And I will go wherever you send me. You send me to Vacaville, you send me to... Africa, you send me to China. You send me to the middle of the Antarctic. I will go. Wherever you want me to proclaim the gospel, I will go. Freedom is following God's path for us. Not our own. And so, my brothers and sisters, my dear parishioners, as we say goodbye, remember always the paths that are before us. There's a path of the world which says do whatever the heck you want with your life. Keep getting more money, more power, more honor, more pleasure. Stuff your face as much as you can to the point of vomiting. Live like that. Or, choose the harder way. My life is no longer about me. And I submit myself to the will of our Father. Every day, this choice is before us.